I'm guest who has not been on recently because I'm a terrible friend and a terrible scheduler, and I have no shame and no respect for myself or others, Mr. Roger Williams, author of my favorite book, The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. And, you know, I told everybody towards the end of last year, you know, start getting the book, start ordering the book, or I'm going to make some moves happen and people are going to be punished. And you know what? I didn't want to, I didn't want to draw attention to it, but I think I have to now to make an example out of it. The country with the lowest purchasing of uh, Mopi per person in the world, Ukraine. I didn't want to fucking, I didn't want to do this. And I know that a lot of people are like, that's not, you know, who's a big fan of it? Putin. Say what you will, but I deliver. I fucking deliver. So order that book, buy it, buy it on Lulu, get the Kindle version. It doesn't matter. But unless you want artillery shelling your hometown, you will buy this book. And I, whereas I normally say this is not a threat. This is a threat. <laughs> I will have the Red Army come crashing down. Well, no, I actually know that it's not a threat. I don't want like DHS to come after me. But <laughs> Roger, Roger Williams, yeah, little, little. You'll notice that I showed up in a, a not only a cool Tommy Kerrigan design but with patriotic Ukrainian colors. Oh, oh, good. we've been supporting it since before it was cool. You know, a lot of people didn't know that, but Roger and I saw the writing on the wall last year, and that's why we started preemptively wearing Ukrainian colors. <laughs> Um, so you have a thesis for this episode that I have not heard before, and I don't think um, anyone's proposed before. So Roger, with that, take it away, my yeah. man. Yeah, and I only actually thought of this a couple of days ago as a very serious thing. And, uh, so I kind of want to bounce it off of you. And yeah. I realize you have a couple of other regular guests that you might want to bounce it off of them once you hear what I have to suggest here. Sure. Uh, but, uh, I question whether Russia has any functional nuclear weapons at all. And I realize this sounds wacky uh, because surely they have thousands, right? As a matter of fact, according to Wikipedia, they have 4,500, 1,500 active deployed, 3,000 on standby reserve. And uh, while that's not nearly as much as the USSR had at its peak, that's still enough to seriously ruin your day, right? And uh, they, uh, the thing is, uh, I've had a bit of skepticism about Russia's nuclear uh, arsenal for 10 or 15 years now because uh, all nuclear weapons have a shelf life. People don't really realize this. It's not yeah. something that the nuclear powers like to publicize, but all nuclear weapons have components that are made of radioisotopes that decay. So they're not like bullets or conventional chemical artillery shells that you can wrap in, you know, grease paper and put away for 50 years and expect them to work when you come back and retrieve them. That isn't the way that it works. Um, the original Fat Man and Little Boy, uh, the, the fissionable material, everyone gets focused on that. You, know, you think of, oh, that's the price of weapons-grade plutonium. Weapons-grade plutonium is actually pretty cheap nowadays. We've made a fuckload of it, way more than anybody needs, and it has a half-life of tens of thousands of years, so it isn't going away anytime soon. Uh, probably the best thing that will end up happening to all that shit is we'll burn it in nuclear reactors to make energy without putting carbon in the atmosphere. Um, now, the thing is, the original Fat Man and Little Boy had initiators. Uh, the thing about 
nuclear weapons is, is most people have heard that you start with a non-critical mass because you don't want it to blow up in your face while you're loading it onto the airplane or whatever. And when you get ready for it to go kaboom, you have to assemble it into a critical mass. And you have to do that very quickly so that it doesn't pre-detonate. The mechanisms that can assemble an atomic bomb quickly enough to not pre-detonate also tend to disassemble it real quickly if the nuclear explosion doesn't occur. So you've got a fraction of a second, literally like a millisecond or two, where you have to make sure that a neutron shows up to start the chain reaction. The thing that does that is the initiator. Uh, and it is a surprisingly difficult thing to do. Uh, Batman and Little Boy both used initiators that worked by combining beryllium, which is stable, with polonium-210, Vladimir Putin's favorite tea flavor. And uh, Shots, fu- shots fired! <laughs> and, uh, it's, not chamom- it's not chamomile. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the polonium would induce the beryllium. Yeah, the polonium in- emits a crap load of gamma rays. It would induce the beryllium to in- uh, emit neutrons, and that would give you a uh, half dozen or so neutrons in the time that was necessary for the reaction to start. Uh, polonium has a half-life of 140 days for that isotope, polonium-210. So it was a big deal in the early post-war years of our atomic arsenal to have enough plutonium and to have a supply line making new initiators. And you would have to replace, you would have to disassemble the bomb because those initiators are at the very center of the spherical implosion sphere. Uh, Otherwise, they wouldn't work. Or, you know, you're, you're depending on a stray cosmic ray to start your chain reaction of your multi-hundred-thousand-dollar bomb uh, during the fraction of a second when it can start. So uh, there, a lot of work goes into initiators. But modern bombs don't do that anymore. They realized uh, that that was untenable. And so modern bombs use an external initiator, which is a vacuum tube. It's a particle accelerator. And it causes fusion in a small sample of deuterium and tritium, and that creates the neutrons. The tritium is a problem, uh, but not as big of a problem because it has a half-life of 12 years. Uh, And you don't need a lot of it in the initiator, but where you do need a lot of it in a modern atomic bomb is in the fission core itself. Uh, Because Fat Man was five feet across, and weighed 10,000 pounds. About half of that was the casing. So without too much work, you could pare that down to maybe four feet across and four or 5,000 pounds, but that's still to get a 20 kiloton explosion. That's not practical for anything that flies, not in modern terms. Uh, It's not practical as a battlefield weapon because it's too big and unwieldy. All And by all, I mean literally all. There's no exceptions. All modern nuclear weapons are boosted with tritium gas. What this does is uh, Batman and and Little Boy had solid cores. We've all seen pictures of them in the movies. It's about, you know, they weigh 50 pounds, which if they were made of iron would mean they would be about that big. But since they are made of plutonium, they're about that big because plutonium is so dense but they were solid balls, two hemispheres. In fact, uh, it was actually three segments because there were the two 
hemispheres, and then there's a middle segment, the headroom for the initiator, which is kind of important in Batman. Well, modern bombs have what, what are called levitated cores. They're hollow. They have uh, a hollow sphere, the fissionable material, and at the center of that hollow sphere is a nugget, you know, a little like walnut-sized uh, sphere of fissionable material that is suspended by wires. And the idea is that when it implodes, the outer sphere ramps into the inner sphere with momentum. One of the atomic scientists said, I can illustrate it like this. How do you get something to move? Do you push on it or do you yeah, hit it? Hammer. Okay. So modern atomic cores hammer the center. In fact, a lot of them are mixed isotope. Uh, they have plutonium outer spheres and uranium-235 inner for reasons that make sense to the atomic scientists. But to make the bomb small, they are also boosted. That hollow space is filled with tritium gas. And when the implosion occurs, the tritium fusions, which creates a shitload of neutrons. And that means instead of introducing a neutron to start the chain reaction, which then takes 80 generations, you create billions of neutrons that start chain reactions all over the place. And so instead of 80 generations, you, you may only have 50 mm. that are necessary to completely consume the fissionables in the core. So it's faster. This has advantages for hydrogen bombs because hydrogen bombs depend on using the initial gamma ray pulse. Before it can be ripped apart. Before the actual explosion <laughs> arrives and blows apart the secondary uh, part of the bomb. And for tactical weapons, it's critical for making it smaller. Just because, you know, if you want to put an atomic bomb in a bowling ball case, then it requires a lot of tritium. Now, tritium, everybody seems to agree. I've seen numerous sources, and I, presumably because if you know enough physics, it's an easy bit of math to work out. Uh, you need three or four grams of tritium to boost an atomic bomb this size. Uh, tritium costs $30,000 a gram. It is one of the most expensive materials by weight in existence. Now, a lot of the details of how atomic weapons are serviced are very highly classified secrets. But it doesn't take a lot of math to figure out that in order to keep your fleet of atomic weapons atomic, you need about two-tenths of a gram of new tritium per year per bomb. If you have 4,500 weapons, that's a lot of tritium. <laughs> Uh, I've worked this out. Whereas it's like uh, 12, it's around a twelve fifty new grams. Uh, it works out to about a hundred million dollars a year if you're Russia and you have a fleet of forty five hundred weapons. And the thing about those reserve bombs that aren't on active duty is you still have to service them; otherwise, they're not atomic weapons. If you don't have the tritium, now even if you're not putting the tritium in the bombs, if you're holding it in reserve, you still have to have it. 
Otherwise, you can't make them work. They're not atomic bombs. So this is a, a recurring cost to have a nuclear arsenal of this size. Uh, I mean, most people don't realize that if you wanted to have an atomic bomb in your garage, like so many people do fantasize about, it's fucking expensive. Now, $100 million is a lot of money. Uh, since the fall of the Soviet Union, the modern state of Russia has had to spend around $2 billion to remain a nuclear power. Now, this got me wondering whether that money has really been spent and whether the maintenance has really been done. Because if, how would anyone know? Well, and yes, because how do you find out that one of the bombs work? <laughs> well, well, how do you, you call only, their bluff nuclear war? Yeah. Well, the only circumstance under which you would use a mutual assured destruction mad deterrent is if it already failed and didn't do its job and it didn't deter somebody. And Russia's nuclear system is built from the ground up on the precepts of MAD. Uh, their version of the nuclear football isn't even enabled until an early warning system detects some sign of a nuclear attack incoming. So uh, now personally, I have a feeling that this may be the reason for the attacks on the nuclear reactors in Ukraine. I have a feeling that Vlad may have been wanting to set up a pretext to fool the early warning system by showing oh. temperature that would give him a pretext for using his own nuclear arsenal. Uh, but that's a kind of a side argument to what I'm doing here. If you are the general who is contemplating this theft of stealing the money, you know, the money for the servicing of the bombs, the only circumstance in which you expect to be caught is if the world has already ended anyway. That would be the only circumstance these weapons are supposed to be used. And at that point, it doesn't matter anymore. The only way you're going to be in front of a firing squad is if there's someone left to, to man the firing squad. Exactly. So to me, it's like you're talking about two or three super yachts there. And they they could kind of be doing a like a, a service to humanity. Well, they're not doing a service to humanity. They're fun, you know. They're they're upgrading from mahogany to teeth I, on their super. Yacht. I I don't mean to say that that's their intention, <laughs> but if two nuclear powers went to war and we launched all of ours and they couldn't launch theirs, I'm not saying that's why they did it, but they're kind of alternatively. Like I'm sure Hitler recycled a couple times, you know. Like it's it's prob it's and and it might have even started out as well. We don't need all of these. Sure, but and but just you gotta you gotta think of all right. That that's the macro case, as I think of it. All right, let's look at the micro case. What does it take to divert this? Uh, if Russia is maintaining all of their bombs, and the service interval is ten years. It might be shorter. It's probably not longer because to make it longer, you would have to really overcharge with tritium. Say it's 10 years. 
Okay, that means at the end of 10 years, you have to still have three or four grams of tritium in the bomb after a half-life of tritium, which means you're probably putting something like eight grams of tritium in the bomb to charge it. So you're looking at uh, two bombs a day at a 10-year schedule to, to completely service the fleet. Uh, I can believe that a team does a bomb a day. Sure. Maybe even two, but I don't see why it would take more than one day once you have the bomb removed from the missile and all. And let's face it, most of them are in reserve. Uh, your team probably has no more than four guys. These things are small. you know. So you know, there's no point in having a 10-man team when you can't get 10 people around something the size of a bowling ball. Yeah. Uh, so they show up, say four guys show up with a canister the size of a pop bottle that's worth a quarter of a million dollars because it contains eight grams of tritium twice a day for 20 years. You tell me how believable it is in a country that has been feeding its troops MREs that expired in 2015 and driving around on cheap knockoff Chinese tires that haven't even been driven around to exercise them to keep the rubber flexible how likely is it that those teams have not been corrupted? I mean, Russia is like the poster child yeah. for corruption. Um, now, it's not only those teams. So you've got, how many teams do you have if they take breaks? Maybe you have three or four. These are very highly specialized people. They have the highest security clearance in existence. I've had some, and, of, I've had some of the U.S. ones on. Yes, uh, you know, okay, so they, there's not a lot of these guys. And so you wouldn't have to corrupt very many people to affect this. Uh, now, the other thing is when you service the bomb, you're taking the old gas out, which is now a lot of helium-3 mixed in with the tritium that's left after it has decayed. Now, that goes back to a lab to be reprocessed. This is what the United States has been doing ever since the 70s uh, when we shut down our last reactor that was making, now it was the early 80s, I think, where we shut down. We only had one reactor that was specialized to make tritium gas in large quantities, and it was at Oak Ridge and it didn't have a containment building. So they finally realized that running that reactor was not a good idea. But what they've been doing since we've been shrinking the size of the arsenal anyway is taking the tritium out of the old warheads and refining it and purifying it and then using it as to, to recharge the new ones. That uh, is very easy. It doesn't require a big lab because helium and hydrogen are chemically different. You just burn the hydrogen, it makes tritiated water, then you let the helium dissipate and then you take the tritiated water and you just uh, electrolyze it back into hydrogen and oxygen and boom, you've got pure tritium again to put in the next bomb. Now, the lab guys, if you've been doing this over and over again, the lab guys were eventually going to realize that there's no tritium in the gas that you're pulling out of the bombs either. So they have to be bought off. But again, that can be a fairly small lab. That's, that's not something that requires an Oak Ridge scale operation. So... Uh, you can probably count the number of people who would actually have to be corrupted to pull this off on your fingers. Uh, 
at the at worst, you might have to use a couple of toes too. I yeah. mean, this is this is not a big operation, and it's a billion dollar a year operation. Yeah, that can really put some nice fucking handles on the stuff in your yacht, you know. Um, and you'd only need, I mean, you'd only need like to have at least like a couple a couple working tacticals to like throw one out at Ukraine or something just to be like we're crazy enough to do it and they work who's going to want to call that bluff and go let's launch everything right. if you even still have those you would need i feel like you would want you would want like you'd want to be able to flex with one actual explosion i feel like you'd want at least one the way that I think that it would evolve, though, you got to remember, this has been going on for 25 years. Yeah, might just be yes. so rampant. At, fir at first, yeah, you're going to say, well, we don't need this many bombs. But every time that team of guys walks in the room to service a bomb, it's a quarter million dollars. I mean, and you got to think about that, too. Those tactical nukes. They're not any cheaper just because they're smaller. They're yeah. boosted atomic warheads. They're just as expensive to keep working. And that's uh, something you don't expect to use for other reasons. So you reach a point, it's been five years, 10 years, 15 years. Is it even worth keeping these? Yeah, you know, it's like, why bother? That's another quarter million dollars that you could use to buy your wife an even bigger diamond. So, you know, at what point, you know, do you stop? I mean, it's been, I think, demonstrated very aptly that nobody knew when to stop because the, you know, I've seen numerous people say one of the main reasons the Soviet advance has stalled. In fact, people are starting to say that it has failed. Oh, yeah. That they have lost. Oh, 100%. Uh, and a lot of it is due to the material not being there or not being current and effective and serviced properly. So you reach a point where nobody, you know, cares anymore. The, you know, you, you know, everyone has kind of forgotten that this might be a possibility and nobody is bothered to tell Vlad. So he thinks he has a world-class army and a nuclear fleet. But, Which is really all you need is for him to think that. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, uh, a, a mad deterrent is just as effective if everyone believes well, that it's there. Exactly. If it really is there. Exactly. If you had Putin in on it, he would act differently. Even if he trained himself, you would want him to truly believe that like yeah. the bullets in his gun work and they're not blanks, right? Mm -hmm. Fuck. It's 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 like the whole thing is the fucking Wizard of Oz. But it doesn't matter because if it works, <laughs> if it keeps everyone on their toes, right? I mean, the MX missile system was going to be that we were moving missiles around nonstop and you never knew, even the guys operating the silos would never know if they had a, a dummy or a, a functional mm -hmm. one. And the idea was so that the Soviets couldn't possibly nuke every silo we had. Yeah. But then why make any, why, why bother to maintain any of them? Yeah. Now, personally, I suspect ours are active and uh, functional because the way that our grifters have always worked the system is that they actually do the work, but they overcharge. They overcharge. It's a different kind of grift. 
It's the American. It's the American grift. We'll give you the tank. The tank will fucking work, but it's going to yeah. cost you five tanks. Right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I, I have uh, some faith that our atomic weapons actually would blow up if you ask them to. But uh, given what we've seen of the Russian military in the last three weeks, I am. Uh, I find it impossible to believe the same of theirs. I, I, I'm looking at how these guys, because this is all at a very high level. Yeah. So, you know, and they don't have any mid-level people who have enough power to act as a check. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of their power is at the top. It's like, this is another one of the weaknesses of their militaries. They have no like NCOs and mid-level commanders who have any kind of authority. Sure. Uh, so again, if a top general, who is in charge of the nuclear program has decided, look, I like Putin's yacht. I want one like that too. There's a bunch of money sitting right here on the table that I am supposed to spend on, on a system that can't ever be used. Yeah. Am I just going to go, all right, I'm patriotic. I'm going to spend this money on the thing that can't ever be used. Or am I going to say, damn it, I think teak looks good for it. They don't. You, they don't spend money on the shit that is used. No. It's no. yeah. It's the it's the it's the bank vault going. Do we really need gold bars, or do we just need tungsten bars with a little gold leaf? <laughs> yeah. Or do we even need gold bars at all? Yeah. Does any does anybody ever go in? There? No. Fuck no. No one's allowed to come <laughs> in here. No one's allowed to come in here. You can't come see it. Trust us. It's there. But you can't come see it. And, and and the thing is, it wouldn't matter and it wouldn't be, uh, I mean, it's like I would never, if I was a Western leader, I would never test this idea by launching a first strike. No. Just in case, because of the, con you know, the consequences. But what we've got right now is because everything else has gone so badly for Vladimir, now he's rattling his nuke yeah. and saying, yeah, you, know, you guys uh, give these guys too much help against us, and then uh, we'll wheel out the nukes. Well, I'm I'm looking at this and going, frankly, if I was a Western leader, uh, my inclination at this point would be, all right, show me. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that's not adding. He did use the what was it yesterday or the day before? Allegedly, the 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 Kinzal K I N Z E Z A H L a MIG launched hypersonic weapon. It was yeah, up to they were really bragging about that. Yeah. I saw the videos and I'm, I'm, I'm at a point now where I just don't believe anything I see. So I'm like, okay, I don't even know if that's yeah. real. Apparently it goes Mach 10. Apparently the United States doesn't have any hypersonic weapons. Now the, the Kins all supposed to go Mach 10. The Chinese Dong Fang 14, I think goes Mach 10 or 11. We don't have one, but we did test the HTV two Falcon in summer 2008 which reached a lowly Mach 20. And then I guess apparently we just never went further with that, which is totally believable, right? When your enemy is Ukraine, what the fuck uses a hypersonic missile? Well, it's it, you're, you're flexing at NATO. It's, yeah. it's us dropping a nuke on Hiroshima, not because we want to, but because we're showing the Soviets we have it. That's what I think it is. You yeah. use a hypersonic because you're flexing nuts at Brussels. So, yeah, well, and the thing is, though, if you're using a weapon that sophisticated, assuming you can build them at all and make them work. It's probably had one. Deliver, <laughs> yeah, to deliver conventional explosives, 
Not even a nuke. Yeah, then that's a waste. Unless they used one as as a hypersonic shot across the bow. Yeah, well, and and of course the Ukrainians are just going like, well, that wasn't all that different from any other missile we've seen. It was a missile. <laughs> You know, dropped a bomb in the middle of our city, which is what they do. <laughs> they do with they do with artillery yeah. from 1900. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't. You know, it's very difficult to stop even a normal missile. You know, yeah. and, you know so you know, so it's like you're, here. You're just yeah. You're you're in a dick waving contest, and you're not really even getting any advantage from the fact that you got a bigger heart on because. Who cares? You know, it's, you know, they don't have, Ukraine doesn't have Patriot missiles or anything. They can't shoot down a normal missile. Yeah. But there's a limit to how many of these fucking things you can build. Because even one of the normal missiles is over a million dollars. Yeah. That is a lot of money to spend to knock down basically one building, which is about what you can do with one of these things. If, uh, if with conventional explosives. Yeah, he did, because they didn't even use a nuke. They just, they used it as like a, it hit like a barracks, which is no different. Again, I get the I get the idea of using a hypersonic missile as a as a flex on NATO, sure. But I mean, if he doesn't start consistently using them, now it's going to look like all it was was a flex. You're going to have to consider again saying this as an armchair general, like. Well, and besides, too, everybody knows that they have intermediate range ballistic missiles. Yeah, everybody in the fucking world has intermediate range ballistic missiles. That's what you would use against NATO. You don't need hypersonic missiles for NATO. Yeah, because the second you used a hypersonic and we went, oh, you're right, we can't intercept that, we would just use yeah. an intermediate. Yeah, and, let's, and guess what? When an intermediate re-enters, you know what it is? You know how fast it's going? Hyper-fucking-sonic. <laughs> it's, 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 sure, it's ballistic, but it's, and it's not, it's not even hype, it's high hypersonic. Yeah. It's re-entry. It's Mach 23 hypersonic. Yeah. The only advantage you get from the the ground hugging early early evasion terminal guidance no no the radar can't catch it because it's below the radar yeah Um, which will it doesn't matter if the radar catches the intermediate range missile or not anyway because yeah the can't shoot it down yeah yeah the the hypersonic is you can't yeah the hypersonic is uh the hypersonic is roger shooting me with a silent sniper rifle i didn't hear it and i'm dead what what a ballistic is, is me seeing Dale coming at me with a knife. I can see it. Good luck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, look, you're correct. There's Dale with a knife. Now what? I'm so dead. Uh, yeah. Good thing I can see it. It's, and I'm like, it's not to make light of it. It kind of is, but it's not to make light of it. It's because, but this is what was, this is kind of what solidified mutual shared destruction so long ago was sure even if you have hypersonic even if you have uh was it uh Pro- project blue rooster or whatever the fuck it was called or we're gonna bury them all around Na- england nuclear what it eventually comes down to is there will be a spectacular buildup of these weapons until eventually everyone just goes all right they enter the cheat code and you just fire the icbms which you can fire from your backyard and in 30 minutes they're going to come down near vertical in a shotgun formation, each with nine megaton warheads coming in at Mach 23. And that's one missile. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, sure, hypersonics. But I mean, if it's, it's a very special case weapon, and it's not a case that you have in Ukraine at the moment. Uh, so, I mean, I really, that that's almost like a desperate uh, reach into the A, a little, you're right. Oh, here's a tool. 
Yeah. Oh, look, look at my dick. Look at my dick. And it's like, dude, you're five minutes into the first date. Like, just small talk. Small talk. You don't need a. Oh, I have sex. I smash pussy. It's like, dude, just buy her an appetizer. You know, it's. Yeah, it is. It almost maybe seems like. Could this, and again, Roger and I as armchair generals, could it be like, is this the sign of maybe a, like an inspiration? Well, not even that. What what about like an internal coup or like a passive coup where, hey, we're not letting you touch the goodies. Well, who's going to tell Vlad that even if he gets his hands on the football and even if he gets it enabled by bypassing the early detection system, that the, none of the nukes will actually explode. What if that's what the Kinzal was? What if it was nuke tipped and it didn't it fucking? It was supposed to be a nuclear weapon, and no one know, a... and no one fucking knows. Well, they would probably figure it out pretty quickly. The cloud. Still... Yeah. Well, now you don't have a very big radiological spread because that's the thing is that when once once the nuke stops working because it doesn't ever go critical. It's not even a very good conventional explosive. No, it's like dy- it's like dynamite. Yeah, it's like well, it's like about ten pounds of TNT. Yeah. Yeah, and now Fat Man had like hundreds of pounds of explosive, but one of the things that you get with the boosting is you don't have to compress it quite as much, so you don't need as much conventional explosive. And everything about these is about weight because they're all delivered by air. So uh, that is. Is, is a big thing. So you have, you know, now 10 pounds of TNT, especially if it's a dirty bomb because it's going to spread plutonium, that's not good. But it's probably only going to knock down one building, if that. You know, and it, it's, it's not going to spread the plutonium very far. So you're going to have maybe a couple hundred meters radiological zone that will have to be cleaned up. But it's not, you know, you know, let's face it, if that bomb worked and it was 200 kilotons, which is about standard nowadays for a uh, Merv reentry vehicle, then it would knock down a, it, it, it would dig a 10 mile diameter hole in the middle of your city. Yeah. Uh, so there's a serious difference there. You couldn't mistake it if, for anything else. No. Uh, and even if you wanted to say it's tactical and we just wanted to show you that we got nukes, but you didn't actually because it didn't go nuclear uh you know you would have got 10 kilotons and we saw what that did at hiroshima so you you would have noticed it uh also uh anyone in their right mind really doesn't want to do ground bursts if they can avoid it because that kicks up all kinds of fallout and russia is a lot closer to that than we are so that was a very, it was a very strange and stupid thing to do, no matter how you parse it. It's like, if it was supposed to be nuclear, and it turns out I'm right, none of the nuclear weapons work anymore over there, uh, then it was still a stupid thing to have tried, even if the nuclear weapon had worked. Yeah, it, it's not all at, what if that's why they were firing at the nuclear power plant? Maybe to, to, to try to cover up a radioactive signature of like, some bombs that were supposed to be nuclear and they went off and they're like, fuck, we got to hide it now. Well, my, my thought was when, uh, in, during the first week of the war, I read an article that, that explained how Russia's command and control system works and the, the nuclear football, which there are three people who have the codes in Russia. 
two of whom have to enter an agreeing order in order to trigger a launch. But none of them work until the early warning system, which is completely independent. Yeah, that hand. Signals uh, an incoming attack that has to be nuclear. So presumably they have detectors, you know, the radar systems for incoming ballistic missiles, but they also probably have radiation detectors. And the attacks on the nuclear reactors may have been uh, to try and fool the early warning system into uh, enabling the footballs because of the, you know, there was a a detected nuclear attack. Uh, Now, that yeah, you because know, otherwise, why the fuck do that? It doesn't well, make any sense. I was the only hole I can I can look at with your theory is is from the dead hand. Uh, w- there are two other sensors that also have to be met, and it's pressure, it's overpressure. So there has to be a fucking monster explosion, and much like the light from an A bomb, their tectonic like signature yeah. is also very unique. And I don't know if you have to hit one or all of the signatures, but let's just theorize. And again, that's that's a very highly classified secret of the Soviet defense system. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't know exactly what their criteria are, because if we did, then it would be a weakness that we could exploit by trying to hear. Now, Vlad presumably knows people who do know what the weaknesses are. So, you know, the, the thing is, why else attack fucking Chernobyl. I think let's 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 play this out. Maybe you drop a tactical to try to set off the nuclear football and when that didn't work, they have to cover up the embarrassment of that, which is also a strategic secret they would want to cover up that our nukes don't work and then you'd shell Chernobyl to make it go that's where the radiation came from. Yeah, but they, the thing is, one of the first things they did in the early days of the war was they occupied Chernobyl. Yeah, it's not it's not adding up. Yeah, and then they started shelling another nuclear reactor that's actually closer to Russia. Yeah, it's not adding up. Because if you want to if you want to set off the dead hand and get approved, I think you have to have like radiation overpressure and tectonic signature which would that would be the case for maybe dropping a tactical really close to your border but if that didn't work you would then need to immediately cover up your impotence and part of that would include we have to we have to create a new source of radiation right and maybe that's the shelling i mean presumably they weren't thinking of using tactical nukes that early but maybe they were Taking a long view. I mean, I don't know. It's like, like you said, it, 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 there's a lot that, about this that doesn't add up. But uh, the thing about the the nukes is like Putin has been acting like he believes that the nuclear fleet is there and yeah. ready to be used. But he also obviously believed that the army was in much better shape than it is. Because he sent them to invade a country. And in fact, I've seen a couple, there's a, on the left wing site, uh, Daily Coast, there is a, there are a couple of military guys who have been doing regular columns uh, and saying that they've really split up their forces. Uh, You know, they have like four main prongs and then each of those has split up into multiple pincers 
And when you look at how thinly they've deployed their forces, it doesn't very make very good sense. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why one of these other entities has basically said they've lost the first phase of the war. Uh, and what makes sense now is that they should simply withdraw and come up with a new plan uh, because this one didn't work. But instead, they're trying to shore up their forces that are being lost and replace the material that's being lost. Uh, I saw an interesting thing earlier today where which said that Ukraine has actually acquired more tanks <laughs> yeah. from, from Russia than they've lost in combat. Oh, yeah. There are those like... Uh... There's like Russian like or there's like Ukrainian PSAs on TikTok now on how to like start up a Russian yeah. tank. It's yeah. girls doing a dance. They're like number one, find the keys. Number two, like I'm not kidding. Like really, drive an APC and you know that. So, but uh, you know that they've actually acquired more functional tanks by capturing them or because they were abandoned than they've lost in combat uh, to to the Russian forces and you know. <sighs> That's pretty fucking embarrassing. That's insane. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's insane. Now, what if we know that, like, the nukes are impotent? That is a very interesting question because I, you know, as soon as I, I th- put all of the th- what what happened with this on my end is I, you know, like I said, I've had this in the back of my mind for years now. And I happened to mention it on a comment on Daily Coast. And I had a couple of responses. And so I fleshed it out a little. And then night before last, I decided to put the numbers to it. And I looked up. First thing I found out is a tritium is $30,000 a gram. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I worked out how much they would be needing and what the intervals were. And I was like, you know, no, if, if this is how this is having to be done, I don't see any way in hell that it hasn't been rifted by this point because everything else that's, you know, everything else has. Uh, so, uh, and, and it's just too meaty and tempting and easy a target. This doesn't require corrupting that many people. Uh, and the, you know, it, it's just like, and it's going to what any sane person would think is a black hole or, you know, it doesn't do any good anyway. So where's the badness of, of, of intercepting this stuff it's like it's not it's not like it does us any good it doesn't defend the country it's just uh part of you know part of the magic lantern show or something you know or we're you know dick waving for the americans but you know if if there ever is an attack and we have to launch this shit it doesn't matter whether it works because it's already failed so yeah okay so you end up in a, you know, in front of a firing squad because someone figures out that you did it by that time, is there anybody to man the firing squad because a rain of missiles has come down? That's the way they're going to look at this. Uh, now, it may turn out a little different from that because it's gone so badly. And Vladimir may do something as stupid as ordering a first strike you know, on, you know, with a battlefield nuke. But those aren't going to work either. I mean, I'm thinking about, yeah, in the early years of the grift, they may have left some working because... Just by numbers, yeah. Yeah, but as the years go by, why not just take the risk? It's obviously not being used. It's just money sitting there on the table, waiting to be picked up. You know, why not pick it up? These guys have stolen everything else that isn't nailed down. 
and they've pried up a lot of the stuff that was and stolen it too. Yeah. So I don't see any circumstance after over 20 years where this hasn't been thoroughly corrupted and now it's just Potemkin maintenance. If it was like 1995 right now, I would maybe not, I would maybe not feel too comfortable with different story. Yes. But 2022 and uh, yeah, yeah, it's such a gamble for other powers to assume they don't work that for all intents and purposes, no one's going to call your bluff. No, no. I mean, even if you have intelligence sources in the Pentagon saying, look, we don't think they've been servicing their nukes. None of them will probably explode anymore. Yeah, yeah. How much are you willing to gamble on? Because the only gamble would right. be global thermonuclear Armageddon. Yeah. So, do you act on that? No, probably not. Uh, now, of course, this was all you know. There's before Ukraine and after Ukraine, as it stands now. Um, and we, we would. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still no point doing like a massive first strike. Here, the worry is more like whether we need to be all that worried about Vlad rattling his. We'll do a battlefield attack. Yeah. And I tend to think you may be on a point there that that hypersonic missile, maybe that is supposed to have a nuclear tip. Which. And right now, maybe somebody is standing at the other end of a three mile long table from Vlad trying to explain why it wasn't a nuclear explosion. They've already been shot and fed to sharks. <laughs> now, not a three mile long table. Yeah. But now, but now think. What if somehow we did know that beyond a reasonable doubt that like not just 95%, but a hundred percent hell, fuck it. Let's say the CIA engineered it. Let's say we bought off the oligarchs. If we knew they did, then there would be no point in throwing. So on one side, you can say the U S doesn't go there and get involved because escalation is the end of the world. On the other half, you go, we know they don't work. Let's watch them stamp around and show everyone that, just let him totally embarrass, yeah, embarrass himself. They also don't have a conventional military anymore either. Let him, and let him fuck like a, a, a child with like a like it's throwing a, like a temper tantrum, or somebody in the passenger seat with like a fake steering wheel. Just let him fucking. I mean, I think the bigger thing right now may be that we may know, particularly after the last three weeks. You know, maybe the other members of NATO aren't quite so sure. Okay. You know, because because you know that there's because like you said, you know the the stakes are infinite. So you know being being wrong point one percent of the time is not acceptable. Yeah, but you know, it, at some point it's going to become really fucking obvious that they ain't got it, and at that point Russia ceases to be a world power in any sense of the word. Yeah. You know whose fingerprints I kind of see on this, though? Fucking Trump. It's, hear me out. How else? Maybe he thought he was going to win, and maybe this was planned. How else do you convince NATO that they need to start paying their fair share? <laughs> <laughs> and who's fucking... I mean, you know I like him, but at the same time, who's fucking crazy enough to do it? That This is something Trump would do. And I'm not. I'm not even defending it. But like push forward, hey Vlad, invade this. We you know, we'll do a bunch of virtue signaling, kind of sanctioning. 
and full disclosure, I don't support this at all. I'm saying this is an insult to Trump. This is absolutely like a Trumpian move. How to get NATO to shore up their own defenses. And then the U.S. hold back. Maybe this is a, a plan coming to fruition that maybe the generals were like, we will hold on to this one. Uh, and mind you, let me emphasize again, none of this is a compliment. <laughs> it's fucking retarded. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see any sense in which Trump wanted to make NATO stronger. I think he... Well, saying that we don't want to... Well, I mean, saying that the U.S. doesn't want to pay anymore. That's what I mean. Yeah. Scaring um, the titties off you. But the thing is, it's all—it's almost that the uh, purpose of NATO is is almost evaporates if it turns out that Russia is a paper tiger too. Which is another, yeah, that's an even further move. <laughs> so, do we keep NATO together in case China does something, or you know, is you know, because I don't think that Russia could assemble a fleet of nuclear weapons like what it has today if it had to do it from scratch. I don't think they have the resources. No. That was that was the Soviet Union, and you know that they had you know back when it was the USSR, they had vastly more resources and better controls against the theft and stuff like that. I mean, there was a lot of corruption, but it wasn't the outright uh, anything goes to kleptocracy that is ruling today. Yeah, it was it was yeah it was corrupt, but there was also some KGB strong hands in there. Well, and also, they also all had uh, a really strong belief that the nuclear arsenal was incredibly necessary and sure. they threw vast resources at it. And they were completely serious that it, it had to be a serious threat in order to defend them. They, they really believed in this shit. And I think that the current guys only believe that Tika looks better than mahogany on their super yacht. So, uh, and all the, haven't all the oligarchs been fleeing? Yeah, well, I mean, their yachts have been getting seized out from under them. And are are they fleeing because they fear nuclear war? Because there's nowhere to flee to with nuclear war. Or are they fleeing because, oh my God, the tritium, the tritium scandal? Well, I mean, there's a variety of things that, that you know, they're <laughs> the whole the whole order is falling apart, and so different ones probably have different reasons for fearing for their lives, um, mainly because. Uh, Putin is about to turn into Stalin Mark II and start executing people because everything went so horribly wrong. Unless they remove him. What if fucking wild card? What if Ukraine ends up invading Russia and taking all of Russia or some shit? <laughs> no one saw that coming. Ukraine becomes the largest country by landmass overnight. Yeah. And with Zelensky as its president. Oh, yeah. And who saw that? Who saw this? Like, no one knew who Vladimir Zelensky was three weeks ago, and now he's like the fucking American president from Independence Day Whoa. up there. It's like, it, what, when was the last American president that you could see grabbing an M16 and a flat jacket and saying, I don't need a ride out of here. I need ammo as the enemy is bearing down on me. Eisenhower, best case scenario. But even yeah. he never saw combat. Maybe Teddy. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt would have. Teddy, yes. Teddy would have done it with a fucking sword. Yeah. Teddy would have done it for fun. Yeah. Teddy would have done it for. <laughs> Teddy. Teddy would have done it against advisement. Yeah. Truman was a little insane. Truman. Truman couldn't see the eye exam to go into World War One, and so he just he yeah. went up he went up close and memorized it just so he could go see fight. Just so he could go see action. That's a crazy man. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's 
But I mean, this is a person that people all over the world, even who are not Ukrainian, are seeing as a hero. Well, let's I mean, well, let's like, let's look. I wish my president was like that. Let's look at look, let's look at Dale always says, right? You know, people are pointing fun at him, and they're like, "He was an actor three years ago." And I'm like, "Hey, well, half the country was just behind a, a behind and." yours truly was just behind a reality TV star. So to me, that's not a disqualifying yeah. thing. But second of all, what does Dale always say? <laughs> Dale always says, you'll always be surprised at who steps up. Dale will go train Afghanis who don't know a lick of English, don't know how to wear sandals, don't know how to fire a gun. <laughs> but when the bullets start firing, he goes nine out of 10 will hit the deck. And one of them, he goes, one of them will just turn into fucking Ulysses S. Grant. There's something, there's like a dormant gene and like, one out of every 10 of us that just that's the guy who's coming with us well and the thing is like dale's talked about that so many times about how some of us his afghanis just you, they just rise up and you're like dude this guy could be like in a fucking special forces unit in the united states i feel like that's what we're seeing with Zelensky. you're seeing a guy that just mm-hmm. the flip switches well and the, the switch flips too, the flips the, it, the flip switches know, the switch flips the flip switches uh, yeah, trump trump was a reality tv star uh, Ronald Reagan was a professional actor. actor. Okay. But Zelensky was a comedian. He did stand up. You think about <laughs> it, to be a stand up comedian, you have to be quick on your feet sure. and you have to be tough because you have to deal with hecklers. You have to react quickly to what your audience is doing and all. That's different than acting. And there's like, you don't get a second take. You're off, you're on stage live. And there's just like an acceptance of like nihilism. <laughs> If you're going to make a living being a comedian, there's party that's like, I mean, nothing's real. Might as well laugh. <laughs> you know, there's party that's like, fuck it. Like, yeah, give me a flak jacket. Yeah. And and so fuck. And, and people are like, kind of laughing at, at, at it because of that. And like, the dude was a comedian. I'm, I'm going, yeah, the dude was a comedian. You know what it takes to get up on a stage and do stand up? I mean, that takes some mental toughness. And a quick wit, and, uh, I and can't. he has demonstrated he has demonstrated those things. It's like history walked up to him and tapped him on the shoulder, and he was like, uh, "Okay, yeah, yeah." You mentioned it. Yeah, you can't you can't on one hand, you know, congratulate Reagan on going toe to toe with the Soviet Union and bringing it to a bloodless end, and then mock no. Zelensky. It doesn't. No, you can't. I mean, and and the thing is, Reagan. Uh, I never, I never believed that Reagan was running anything. No, probably not. It was, it was Raytheon, but yeah, Ray, Reagan yeah. was a trained actor. He was hired to play the governor of California. Shout out, he was hired. Shout to out, play, shout out, Mopey. Yeah, and oh. then he was hired to play the president of the United States, and he did a very competent job at those roles. But he was really the front man for these corporate interests the whole time. One hundred percent. And you know. Uh, and the thing is, the Republican Party put uh, George W. Bush in, hoping he would be a similarly useful tool. And W. was uh, his problem was he had the delusion that he was actually running things. Yeah, he he wasn't listening to these guys. He had his own guys that he decided to listen to, who were kind of fruitcakey. And there was a tension the whole time he was in office between. The, the old guard and these uh, PNAC people that uh, had George's ear. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Trump comes along and he doesn't listen to anybody. Just fuck. <laughs> I'm listening to, I'm listening to, no, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. White noise in my ear. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, I mean, that's, that's some true madman. Jesus, fuck. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Trump would be better in office right now. I, uh, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure it would. I mean, you know me. I'm an unabashed Trump liker, but man, I don't. You could have his general saying, "Great news. We found out that there's this tritium circle that's been going on for thirty years. Their nukes don't work." He'd be like, "Good, hit him hard." He'd be like, wait, no, that's not the point of this. <laughs> the point. The point is, we don't need to hit him hard. But I don't think he would. I don't think he would have done that because uh, Russia was his benefactor yeah. at that time. They were the only people left who would own him, who would loan him money, uh, and so he obviously didn't want to do anything <laughs> to hurt Russia. Tim D- Tim uh, Dillon had a great point. He goes, "What would you do if Trump? What would Trump do if he was in office right now? Trump would probably start bombing Kiev too." Yeah, <laughs> really. That's, that's what I think, honestly. He probably would have pincer attacked him and said, "Let's do it together." Yeah, he, he would be. He, 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 he wouldn't be helping with pressure. He would be helping. With <laughs> He'd be, you know, we're all worried about China taking Taiwan. Trump would be like, "Now's the time we move on Cuba." Sixty years too late. But and that's an and there there's an interesting thing for you too is that uh, Putin may have just done the whole world and especially us a serious favor in you know setting a very poor example for the Chinese in case they want to move against Taiwan. That's actually what I brought up yesterday. I had on a uh, like a space warfare expert who's actually uh, Brandon Weikert who's actually going tomorrow I think to like brief the USAF on like. They bring him in all the time to like brief the Air Force on shit. It's crazy. But uh, that's one thing he and I were talking about yesterday. I was like, doesn't this seem like if this doesn't go global thermonuclear, this is actually almost sort of like an inoculation. This is almost sort of like a vaccine against outright invasion. You know, obviously, it doesn't matter when the United States does it in 2003 yeah. because, yeah, you know, we're America. But like, I say that facetiously, but like, there was such a, an immediate and coordinated response to this that you've almost kind of fucked G. Mm-hmm. And and also the the Chinese may be looking north now and saying, well, they've always had an eye on Siberia too. Oh, yeah. And Siberia is now the more desirable real estate because of global climate change and the weather patterns. So they may be looking at Taiwan defended by a strong enemy whose nuclear weapons actually work uh, versus Siberia defended by a weak enemy that can't even invade a country that is right next door full of their own people. 2022 bingo card. (laughs) The U.S.-Sino alliance that takes on (laughs) Russia. I'll fucking, I'll suck my own dick if that happens. But you're right. No, Claire Lopez, CIA veteran, who comes on here all the time. Her thesis was actually about the Siberian natural resources, the mineral, mm-hmm. uh, the oil, the natural gas, and the timber. China might be looking at that going, yeah, fuck Taiwan. We'll hit that in 2050 when America collapsed under its own weight. They might be looking at fucking northern Russia right now. Oh, I seriously think, you know, that, oh, that's, Jesus. that's probably... And would the world even oppose it right now? Oh, I doubt it seriously. Oh, God. And and they would just say, look, these these are the this is where the asshole Mongols came from. That yeah, you know, we had to build a fucking wall about and all that. And it's like we're getting ours back by They they could come out right. She should come. She could come out right now with Ukrainian their Ukrainian colors on and say like Slava Ukraine and like go invade Russia, <laughs> and we would cheer it on. Yeah, I would I would join in just for the meme. 
Is there any way that could have? Yeah, no, no one could plan that far ahead, right? I guess they didn't table. Honestly, honestly, I think the the Chinese hate the Russians a lot more than they hate us. Probably, you know, because because they have history. Yeah, we really don't. I mean, they hate the British because they have history, but the U.S. It's like they hate us because we're hegemons. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's no, there's no like sort of. But on the other hand, they are too. So it's yeah, like, but we're but we we're we're like you know, in each, you know we're not in each other's hemispheres, and we're you know, you know. Maybe that's you know, the move. Maybe that's the move. Maybe we want to push China into fucking invading Russia. Maybe help them out a little bit. Be like, hey, we'll yeah. or at least stand aside and say, oh, kinda, yeah, it's kind of just interesting. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know. Don't massacre too many civilians while you're up to that, but yeah, otherwise. Yeah. Have fun with the natural resources. You go wild, yeah. And maybe we'll start... Maybe we'll take Mexico. <laughs> Fuck it. You guys take Alaska, we'll take Mexico. Or you guys... No, we'll take Canada. You guys take Siberia. We'll take South America. You guys want Taiwan? Maybe this truly does just go into like a bipolar world. Then we're right back in 1945. Well, that's true too. That's a, right. It would be us helping us helping China take down Russia. Would be the that would be Russia helping us take down Japan. And as soon as the war is over, we're both grinning and shaking each other's hands, like, "No, we're friends." <laughs> Fuck. Well, well, the thing is, uh, on our side too, you got to ask who would be all that upset about it because if it turns, no out one would give a fuck. Weapons. If it turns out that Russia's nuclear weapons actually don't work because they haven't been maintaining them, then uh, you basically got us and NATO on one side and China, China with like, what, 350 warheads and no demonstrable desire to expand much beyond its traditional boundaries, well, except they consider Siberia to be um, in their traditional boundaries. They would give, like, give them Russia. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think that the Chinese would take Siberia in return for leaving Taiwan alone. I, and I think most of the world would probably like sign off on that. Yeah, it, it's a much bigger territory, and I think that they would go well. You know, and especially since the weather patterns are moving to where northern properties are probably going to have better climates, then that would be a better investment than sure. a lot of treasure to try and get Taiwan back. I mean, you're in a world right now where invasion, invasions never, never kind of like smiled upon. But right now we're in this like hyper anti-invasion primed mindset. So not only could you go along with that and not take Taiwan, because taking Taiwan today is harder than it was 30 days ago. <laughs> would anyone even bat a fucking eye if you went in and fucked with Russia? I don't think we'd cheer it on and hell we might even be like go in there let's let's see if the nukes work <laughs> you know yeah. get on in there well, i mean the, i mean the whole population of uh the, you know the siberia which is the size of canada is probably you know like maybe you know toronto or something yeah you know, it's just you know you don't have a lot of locals who are going to get you know displaced and all the way that you, i mean ukraine actually had a very vibrant self-contained functioning economy it's if you if you've seen any of the the videos it's like i saw this one video showing a tank ambush and, the, and all this and what was striking about it was how normal the 
the landscape looked like. It's like this could have been a scene out of, you know, uh, rural America. Yeah. And, you know, at the outskirts of any medium, moderate sized town where you've got the railroad yard, mm -hmm. tank farm, and all this. And it's like this is just in a subdivision. It's just like, yeah. this is, it, just, it looks just like America. Uh, so Siberia does not look like that. Siberia looks like a bunch of fucking snow. What if Russia invaded, what if China invaded Russia? I mean, I don't think Russia could hold it. No, we're certainly not coming to their, their, well, at least with Ukraine, Russia's like not entirely sure, right? And with Taiwan, China's not entirely sure. Well, we are giving Ukraine weapons. Sure, we are bolstering them. Not, who do we give the fucking weapons to in Siberia? I don't think we would. No. I think we would just. There's no one to give them to. There's nothing, you know. All they got to do is cut the Trans-Siberian Railway, and they not, and they cut the country in half. What if China invades? We need to come up with our. We, <laughs> Roger and I are going to create our own think tank. I mean, our our original proposition about a year and a half ago, admitted it was a little rough around the edges. It was a thermonuclear warhead to every home. <laughs> it was our early work. We were we were we were a little headstrong i think this one's a little more thought out if china invaded russia and we kind of all agreed hands off taiwan you guys have russia we're not gonna arm russia we don't give a fuck ukraine i feel like ukraine would probably go in and take a little bit of russia just kind of as fuck you yeah i feel like they'd take a little chunk well they're gonna take they're taking crimea back i mean oh absolutely give them half a chance they're going they're they're, they're in, in fact, I've seen a couple of analysts already say, by the time this settles out, it's going to be pre-2014 border. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, and the United States would like that. We, wa we would want one big, because we could cheer them on and say, fuck Russia, and then as soon as they take it, we could be like, we'll just turn right on the propaganda and be like, the rising China threat, Right. You know, our defense contractors want that. They're jerking We're off to that. We're at war with East Asia. Yeah, we always have been. It's <laughs> fuck. I mean, if you think about it, if, uh, if if our guys have known for 10 or 15 years that the nukes that don't work, the, no the nukes don't work anymore, the reason for concealing that would be that it's to our advantage, to our advantage, that everyone thinks that, that they work. nuclear deterrent is real. For one thing, that keeps NATO bound together. Solidified. Uh, because without Russia and the threat that they pose, then some of those NATO states would just say, fuck it, just like, you know, England just departed the EU for similar reasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there's nothing to defend against. Yeah. You know, what are, what are, who are they defending against? Iran? It... China has never expressed an interest in Europe. That's like, yeah. And it might be at our advantage now to let China go take Russia. And then we could, as the hypocrites that we are, immediately go, now we need to bolster NATO because there's this massive China empire. I don't know, man. A lot of Russia's ICBM pads are in Siberia. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, I mean, we'll immediately turn on them and say, like, they're belligerent 
you know, as one would expect. Bad China, bad China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. We'll you shouldn't have done what we wanted you to do. That yeah, bad thing to do. He'll be the Mujahideen. It'll be part two. We'll go, go do it, go do it, and then we'll say these motherfuckers. How dare you do that? Which is, you know, which is, as Kissinger said, to be America's enemy is uh, dangerous. To be our allies, to be is to be lethal. It's, yeah, it's you're gonna really fuck. Well, if we fuck up our enemies, we destroy our allies. Could that actually happen, though? Or do you think they maybe not even don't need to do that right now? Do you think they just kind of let Russia further wither on the vine? I think what uh, the the most believable scenario is that China takes a big chunk of Siberia. Uh, they don't take Russia as a yeah, because it's too much. Know, it's it's too much, and and also I don't think they want it. I think they they feel that they have a historical claim to a, a large chunk of Siberia that they think uh, really should belong to China, just like they think Taiwan should, uh, just like they probably think Vietnam should, you know, on general principles, because that's part that's their part of the world, and that's their culture, that's their, their everything. Um, Fuck the Japanese. That's you know, but uh, you know, I think they think everything the mainland and that corner of the continent belongs to them, and uh, the uh, I, I, I can seriously see everybody standing by and looking at the walls while they invade Siberia, as long as they don't also invade Taiwan. And I can see the Chinese going well. We really want Taiwan, that, that Taiwan belongs to us, but uh, you can see that that's a hornet's nest. It, you know, meanwhile, Russia's just shown that they're a paper bear, and uh, we can just walk in, and they, they, they don't have uh, two tanks and an APC to resist us as, as we march in and just say, all of this land and all of this coastline is now ours. And they got like one railroad line that all we have to do is cut it and they can't get anything in there. So, uh, plus a couple of nice naval bases we can take. So, yeah, and, and no one's going to say anything because of what just happened in Ukraine. And then all they have to do is not march too far to the West and just say, you know, y'all never really needed all of this crap anyway. And uh, it's ours now. What's they, Russia going to do? Every, you know, it's like the yeah. At, at some point, the elephant in the room is going to be that none of the nukes work. Yeah, yeah. Deterrence yeah. works because it's believed. So you know, <laughs> it, it's at some point that's going to be, uh, you know, especially if it's one of those things that everybody knows but nobody is saying. There's, I, I couldn't believe when I ran these numbers. Yeah, I went from going. Well, you know, I've kind of wondered if this kleptocracy is actually bothering to do it. So looking at this and going, no, some asshole just bought themselves a mega yacht by diverting this. That's the only way this has gone down. There's no chance that this maintenance has actually been done. You know, there, there may have been maybe for the first 10 years after the USSR fell, they may have kept up some of them because they knew that they had to have some little corner. But then as five years went and 10 years went and 15 years went when they didn't actually need it, then 
all that is is another quarter million dollars, quarter million dollars, twice a day, quarter million dollars sitting there waiting to be stolen. Yeah. By people who have been, who have de- demonstrated been. that they will steal anything. No, I mean, I think it's a genuinely brilliant take because I've often thought about this, about like, that would be like the, uh, the benefit of, of like selling nuclear bunkers would be the only time anyone's ever going to come to you because your product is shit. There'll be no one to come to you or even better yet, you take their money and build one massive bunker and say, I've reserved each of you a room. And then when they show up, you have the bulkhead door shut. What are they going to do? Shoot you? How are they going to get in? Or it's like Planet Fitness. You give everyone a nice tour of this thousand-room bunker, but you sell a million subscriptions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and who the fuck's going to come? Because the only time they'd ever find out would be when there would be no one alive to find out. No, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, that doomsday stands. That's a, that's a brilliant market. <laughs> that's a, it's a brilliant market because you can't get fucked now. Well, it, you might get fucked, but it won't be because of anything you did. But, well, so yeah, 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 yeah. So like right now though, they might have all been thinking like you know, no one's ever gonna. Eat. Putin will poison people. Maybe he'll blow up some buildings. Blame it on the Chechens. But like, he's not gonna. No one, no one thought because everyone knows it, it's 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 mad, right? It's madness. It's mutual assured destruction. You can't do it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, actually, you know, mad mad sounds crazy, and it's a cool acronym because it sounds that way. But it's brilliant. It really, well, it refers to the Nash equilibrium, where you know it it makes the most sense. You you set up the situation so that it is in each actor's individual best interest to follow is, the the, uh, the strategy that is also in everyone's best interest. And this is why. We had to drag the Russians kicking and screaming into this in the 60s by telling them if you build an anti-ballistic missile system, it's a destabilizing thing that messes up the Nash equilibrium and makes it more likely that war will erupt. That will all die. That's what Gorbachev was saying to Reagan in uh, Reykjavik. Was like, well, Reagan, Reagan, of course, was himself wanted to... Do, yeah, was doing all this destabilizing stuff because well, it sounded good to his minions. Well, that's what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, Gorbachev was saying, yeah. don't build SDI because it's going to result in a high percentage chance of us both dying. Yeah, they were, tell, they were telling us what we told them 20 years early. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you'll notice that we the thing that happened is, is that nobody who knew what they were doing thought SDI would work. Of course not. And I think, I think SDI was a bunch of smoke and mirrors behind the curtain for us. For the U.S. you know, for for the U.S. citizens, PR. I think everybody in the know, everyone in power, knew that SDI was bullshit, it's opium, and that it and that it would never work, and that it was just smoke and mirrors for the masses, and that and that no one in power seriously considered this thing that would actually ever have an impact on anything, and sure enough, that's how it worked out. Now, Reagan himself may not have known that. Reagan himself may not have been in on the joke. But like Putin. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Reagan didn't. I, I don't think Reagan thought for one minute he was running the country. He was an actor. He was hired to play a role. He was hired to represent the people who paid for his campaign and who were propping him up. He was a professional actor to the very end. The evil and, empire. Yeah. 
he, he could deliver a line. And that's just why he remained effective even when he was clearly uh, dementia problems with the, the Alzheimer's. Yeah. Because he was still a professional actor. He had his training and people say, well, he was a crappy B-movie actor. It's like, no, he was not a bad actor. He, he, he wasn't a great actor, but he was a competent actor. And his greatest role was as president of the United States. I mean, that, I, is, that is the ultimate role. Yeah. He didn't play it in a movie. He played it for real. And, uh, and I got to give him props that he actually probably went into it with clear eyes, knowing what was expected of him. Uh, and, and, and much of the trouble with GW was that he didn't know that he wasn't a trained actor and he didn't know he was supposed to be, uh, the public face of these, um, I'm, interests. I'm reading, a uh, family of secrets right now by Russ, I think Russ Baker all about the Bush. He calls it the house of Bush, but I mean, re <laughs> but really it's, you realize just how much, and they, they do draw that distinction. G dubs actually thought he was the shit. And yeah. it was like, dude, yeah. you are. Well, cause, it, well, cause his dad was, well, and his dad was pulling strings from the whole time. Yeah. I mean, his dad was one of the people who was running Ronald Reagan, the actor. Yeah. The his dad thing. ran up the CIA. His dad fucking killed JFK. His dad, his yeah. dad for 20 years couldn't recall where he was the day JFK got shot. And then, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I was in Dallas. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you got to almost love the demon. You're like, oh, you fucking fire breathing, winged, cloven foot demon, you. <laughs> yeah. Can, 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 can you barbecue this rack of ribs for me? But at, a certain do it. at a certain point, you're almost just like, can you breathe fire? Just, I mean, demon from hell. But like, you know, his, I mean, his father Prescott and then with Poppy Bush. No, I mean, they, they actually were ruthless operators. G dubs thought he yeah. was the shit and he was a jackass. He thought he, thought he was his dad. And no, total jackass. He wasn't even, he wasn't even Ronald Reagan. No, the trained actor. No, um, but the, you know, this is the, I think Putin, what Putin is more like Bush. Poppy. Senior. Yeah. He was Poppy because he was intelligence. Uh, intelligence operative and, and all this stuff uh he he's actually running shit but the problem he's got is that he's now in an information vacuum because he's constructed a little bubble where no one is willing to tell him anything he doesn't want to hear mm. and that's a problem that affects every authoritarian regime eventually yeah but Russia is now in the very advanced stages of that. So it almost seems like it almost seems like Putin was going for like a, a USSR point two, like in baby no, steps. That's definitely what he wanted. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't think there's any doubt to that. And ironically, it might actually lead to a further collapse. It might lead to nineteen ninety one point two. Not nineteen forty five or not nineteen seventeen point two, rather nineteen ninety one point two. Yeah. It it's it it's not gonna be good to be a Russian for the next few years, I don't think. No. Uh, even though it's not uh it, as as a, did you see Arnold Schwarzenegger's video? Mm -mm. Oh, you should check it out. It was very uh, it was excellent. Uh and and because of course uh, Arnie has many, many fans in Russia. Mm. And so he recorded this about 10 minute uh, 
monologue uh, where he said, you know, his first hero was a Russian bodybuilder who was like the strongest man in the world. And uh, he had tickets and went to see the sky and got a backstage pass. And, and he was 14 year old. Arnie was 14 at the time. And this Russian bodybuilder uh, shook his hand and said, you know, and was very friendly toward him and very encouraging. Uh, and and he, he, he said, put a copy of the, uh, of the guy's picture up on his bedroom wall. And Arnie's father was enraged. He said, no, find an Austrian or a German mm. hero. This is a Russian. And he was just like, no, this, this is the guy. I want to be like this guy because he's good. Uh, he's good at what he does. He's friendly. He, you know, he didn't, he's, he didn't look at me as a German or not. You know, it's like he, he encouraged me to do what I wanted you know, and all this. And so, you know, he goes on for a couple of minutes about how he has the greatest love and respect for the Russian people. And, uh, you know, despite the fact that he grew up in Nazi Germany, literally, uh, or the, you know, well, his father was a broken man because he had been a soldier in the, you know, Wehrmacht. Uh, and so, you know, he, but he, it's very passionate and very well done. Uh, and, uh, I forget now how I got onto the subject of it, but yeah, definitely look up the Schwarzenegger video uh, because it's uh, very impressive. And it's been making its way around despite the censorship in Russia because he has a huge base. Uh, I, I think you, you, you brought it up saying it's, it's going to be a really tough time to be a Russian person, which oh, is yeah. like the other side of this we don't see. I mean, there's no... I mean, there's, there's, you can't, there's no, he was trying to warn them. This is not the Russian people's war. That well, was that's, was yeah, thinking. it's like, it's very easy and rightfully so to look at what's happening in Ukraine and your heart has to bleed for them. What you're forgetting is that a ton of people in Russia right now are kind of being held hostage by, I'm sure there's yeah. a, I'm sure there's a number that are like, fuck yeah, go do it. But there are a lot of people there that are just fucked and that they're protesting yeah. and they're getting rounded up. Well, the other thing is one of the biggest, they say one of the biggest forces for social change in Russia is mothers. That when the mothers get out on the streets, then you're done. That, that, that is something, uh, and, and that, in fact, that was one of the things about, you know, the, the Ukrainian soldiers, who, you know, the Russian soldiers, rather, who wanted to Ukraine, till, they were told they were going to be liberators, and instead, there's this mother, you know, there's this woman who looks like your babushka, uh, who is speaking Russian and looks like your grandmother and is putting the sunflower seeds in your pocket and saying, keep these. So yeah, you die, the sunflower. Nice will grow. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like, and how this is affecting these kids because this is not what they expected. Uh, then, uh, you know, Arnold was trying to warn them that, you know, your leaders have led you into a very dark place. Yeah. And I, you know, we, we know that it wasn't you, it was them but you are going to pay a price for this, just as my family did. Yeah. Um, uh, so no. it, it's it, it's going to be yeah right. It's a bit, it sucks a lot right now to be Ukrainian, but it's going to suck a lot to be Russian in the near future. I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe not quite as badly, in, or in the same ways. I don't think anyone's going to be bombing their cities. Sure. But uh, they you know. Red lines are a possibility, and that that absolutely. Um, um, 
and again, <laughs> Tim, Tim Dillon, Tim Dillon goes, goes, you know how Biden brings those approval numbers up right now? He goes, we must, he goes, he goes out with representatives from all the defense contractors and goes, we will not let them take Kiev. This is our Berlin. Everyone's going, what the fuck? And he goes, and Biden just rolls in there with the force of God and we just start fighting and then we annex Ukraine. That would be such a madman move that even Trump supporters would have to be like, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> if Biden just annexed Ukraine right now, I mean, fuck it, I'd start wearing a Biden shirt or if Taiwan in- invaded China. But on a more serious note, yeah. Yeah, that would be fucking, that, I'll, again, I'll... But more realistically, yeah, I've I've kind of had a hunch based on nothing other than just my own mind. I feel like maybe Putin already has tried to launch nukes and it hasn't worked. Maybe that's what the Kinzhal was. Or that's what I tend to think, because otherwise there's no reason to use why that would one. you use it? Yeah. You'd use you'd use it if like uh if America came out and said we're considering an O fly zone. Right? Because otherwise, you're just busting your nut early for no reason. Or there's a... You got to remember, I mean, there's... I mean, humans are always vying for power, whether it's, you know, fucking in your neighborhood or at at the nation state level. There are guys in Russia right now who are going, hey, you know, CIA, the great Satan, now they're saying, hey, hey, Ivan... You want to be the new? Uh, you want to be the new president of Russia? And now you got the now you got a bunch of guys, you know, kind of surrounding Caesar right now and going, "Hey, you know, Mother Russia, but you know, I want to be the top dog." That's just yeah. the oldest human. That's the oldest human, you know, aside from sex, but like, that's the oldest human drive there is to take the top spot. Unfortunately, they missed March thirteenth. March fifteenth. I know that would have been so fire. <laughs> that would have been such great PR. They could they could have memed they could have memed the shit out of that. Yeah. I don't know, man. Instead, we got the picture of Putin at the one end of the three-mile-long table with the generals at the other, and the caption that says, "Yes, Vlad, that table does make your penis look small." It does. So I was reading. Apparently, apparently, it's it's the distance is so that this the security has a has a chance to intercept you if you just if you just charge him. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious. It's not COVID because he's been in closer proximity to other people. It's also not the obviously most afraid of the people in his own inner circle. Well, that's the thing is, it's not the U.S. for all of our flaws, though many. I mean, you can, you know, Biden can sit around the Joint Chiefs, and there's no concern that right. It's even with JFK, who they probably did kill, but like even with JFK, so maybe that's not the example, but like. Bush, Trump, whatever. As much as the, a lot of the guys in the intelligence community hated Trump, there was still never, at least that's what we do have, is there is there's somewhat of a, a peaceful power. Somewhat. Yeah. You don't have that, that was, in Russia. I think Russia's still by the iron fist. Well, that was one of the things about uh, January 6th, was that, you know, obviously some of the people in the Trump camp thought that the military would come to their aid. Yeah, and no, and they the military- didn't. And they made it clear very early on, this is civilian matter, we're the military. Yeah. This is the United States. It is a religion among those guys that you don't fuck peaceful, with civilian control. Peaceful transfer of power. Yeah, no, it is. It's yeah. That's why there was more people in D.C., more soldiers than at the time I think we had in Iraq. Yeah, that is something for all of our flaws we do have. I don't think you have it on Russia. I think, 
I think you've got the I think you've got the guns on your own men the same way you do at the people outside the gates. It's mm-hmm. still very much yeah. It's a very Machiavellian situation where nobody trusts anybody and it's all about calculation and there there's no fundamental baseline. And then that that system can only thrive so far. You can only go so mm-hmm. far between there's uh uh David um Hoffman had him on here before. I think he's the author of The Dead Hand. I had him on here to talk about his book, uh, The Billion Dollar Spy. But he talks about that as the um, as the hidden hand of, of communist dictatorships, much like we have the invisible hand of the market, which just, you know, does whatever. Yeah. The hidden hand of the communist dictatorship is that, like, with corruption and with uh, everything being at the barrel of a gun or a polonium tip, you can only ever grow so much because those very actions will cause things like a a a functional nuclear deterrence to instead turn into teak floors, right? <laughs> so he calls it the invisible hand of like totalitarian dictatorships. It can only ever grow so far. You give your guys a jet, they're going to leave for America. It's like a weird, you know, there is sort of like a, a almost like a glass ceiling, right? I don't know, man. Now this all goes out the window if there's a tactical nuke in the t- this evening. <laughs> Fuck us! That would go, that's going to completely cut our our think oh, tank I mean, off at the this knees. This is why I, say, I came into this and said I'm, I'm not asserting this. I wanted to kind of bounce it off of you to see what you think. No, I, I think it's it, brilliant. It didn't even it it didn't even really hit me as a hard thing that had to be taken seriously until a day or two ago. When I, yeah, I, I ran the numbers on how much all this shit costs and how it's broken down and, and also uh, how it's distributed in the, in the process of doing the maintenance and how few people are involved. So there's not a lot of people you have to corrupt and the amount of money waiting to be picked up from that table is just mind boggling. Now, there, there's probably more in, in other places, but this is just whoever has access to that, whoever has the authority, asking them, asking an, a, a Russian oligarch to not pick up that money and put it in their pocket and spend it on yachts and shit is like asking a crack addict not to pick up a key of crack. You know, yeah. It's like, you know, it, it, it's just... I've, they're going to do it. It becomes a habit, you know. How do you, at a certain point, you can't help yourself. You're, you're just going to do it because you're not even doing it because you need the money anymore. You don't get where any of these guys are because you needed that last no, million it's dollars just, that you stole. It's just because you see the opportunity and your instinct is to take it. Well, yeah. when you've got a whole country that is being ruled by people who are demonstrably like this, what are the chances that this maintenance is actually being done? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, I mean, uh, through the podcast, uh, I know a guy who did like, like beef business in Russia, I don't know, like 2000s or something. And he talked about just like, just how corrupt it was, just traveling, just paint. Everyone has to get, you got to grease all the palms in to build they wanted to like build a new factory they're like hey we want to set up a like a bovine plant here you'll be part of our international division 
And everyone along the way was like, you got to pay this guy. You got to pay that guy. And eventually this guy I'm friends with was like, sat down with them and was like, if like, if you guys just all agree that like, we don't need to like grease your palms, you'll actually all end up making more if we can just build this factory. Like, let's say you hypothetically, obviously the numbers are not, but let's say hypothetically you all get $1 worth of bribe. If we just don't do the bribes, like you'll all actually end up taking home $2 each. But it was just like, I can't trust the other guys not to do it. So fuck you. Give me the dollar. And it was, yeah. so they eventually ended up not building it. They're like, all right, man. I mean, yeah, of course that's gonna, yeah, who the fuck's gonna know, especially when it's all compartmentalized and it's all, then you have actual just security clearances. Who the fuck's going to know you're down there at the tritium gas? Fuck out of here. Yeah. And there are other industrial uses for tritium. Sure. Yeah. So. <sighs> it's not something like a nuclear sub where like, it's very clear if it's working or not. No. Yeah. Maybe that's it, man. And maybe, maybe our guys have known for 10 or 15 years. They have their own reasons for not having let anyone else know, like keeping NATO close. There's no above ground testing, so there's no. Fuck, I hope ours work. <laughs> I, like I said, I tend to think that uh, ours probably do because our grift is. A, we have a different grift. Yeah. Our grift is you do the you actually do the work, but you just overcharge for it. Yeah, our grift is that like you can get we will give you F twenty twos and B twos and Abrams tanks. We'll build will we'll build you the aircraft carriers. This is gonna just, the app the cost you an arm and a hammer's gonna that that fucking new hammer's gonna cost you hundred K. It's a titanium carbide, whatever. Fuck off, give me the money. Yeah, we have a different grift. Yeah. It's more it's a more evolved grift. It's still a grift. Because cause it, cause it ends up with the public works actually getting done. They just cost a lot more than they would have if, in a more honest system. And it allows us to beat other countries over the head to expand our grift. Yeah. Because God. let's face it, we don't, we don't have troops calling their mothers and saying, you know, they're giving us MREs that expired in 2015. No, we do. No, we do. It's a, we do it just enough. Just yeah. enough that you'll shut the fuck up. And uh, yeah, the the yeah, you know, we are actually driving our APCs around every month to make sure the tie the rubber stays exercised in the tires and stuff like that. But you know, if there's a maintenance schedule, we're actually following it because and there's documentation. You know, because we know that this whole grift can only work if we have the ability to beat the rest of the world over the head. We got a good thing going here, boys. We got yeah, a good thing going here. Yeah. God. And, 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 and part of it too is like you know uh, in, in our uh, in our system almost everything is double checked by sure. uh, pathways that are hard to uh, to fool yeah uh, so especially things like calibrations and maintenance schedules and I'll tend to you know but in in Russia you have a shortage of personnel they do, they don't have the surplus anything. To, to do that so it's sort of like really you have uh someone's been hired you know, it's, you know they've, they've been contracted to supply new mres and they can make more money by putting the new ones on the black market and leaving the old ones in the stocks for the troops because well, i mean let's face it when's the last time we were in an actual war who's going to notice 
I kind of have this like running idea that like everything's predicated upon there's not going to be another war. So it's like, no, dude, it's not just that the nukes don't work. The MREs don't work. (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the upside of America's endless wars is. Yeah. There's going to be another war. (laughs) Cause we're going to start it. (laughs) You know, it's, it's a, Oh no, it's, Oh, it's coming. I can tell, actually, I can give you the date. It's going to happen. It's a, about a year and a half from right now, I can tell you the evening we're going to do the first strike against our own barracks dressed as a guys in uh burkas. But like, no, it's, uh, it's maybe that's the, maybe that is the, that is our total war. That is our endless wars. Cause no one ever doubts whether or not our stuff works. They're yeah. too busy chastising us for using it. Yeah. God, we really are just, we really are just monkeys that stand up. Right. I mean, we really are just pigs. I mean, like, I mean, Homo sapiens. I mean, like, part of me is like, I'm on this, I'm on this, this, this iMac with this Sony camera, and we're talking in real time right now. It's just part of it's just like, mm, it's so. And the other half, it's like, oh no, 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 our grift works. We'll build the nukes that can kill us all tomorrow, but we're gonna take a little for ourselves. See, these idiots don't even build the nukes; they just build the yachts. We build the nukes and the yachts. And it's like, it's such just a hair, it's just such a hair less incompetent. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we just bankrupt our society <laughs> and, you know, yeah, that's, we'll just, yeah. We move the problem elsewhere. Yeah, we, yeah. But the bombs work and. Hey, if, if Russia can't get a functional nuke in a Kiev, don't worry. We'll fucking do it. We'll make sure a nuke goes off in Kiev. Don't worry. It's happening. If they don't get the party started, we will. <sighs> well. On that happy note. On that fucking happy note. Roger, let's wrap this one up. Everybody, as always, links will be in the description. Get Roger's book on Lulu. It is my favorite book, and we actually did a little inside baseball. I won't give it away. We did drop a couple hints with perhaps Reagan and, uh, very last note actually i was gonna say the only other alternative to the way we're acting right now would be something has happened in the last 30 years some extrapolation of sdi where some technology on par with mopey and what mopey did we have something that is just airtight i I tend not to believe that's what the reasoning is but the reason but that i don't think it's a zero percent chance it's a non-zero percent chance that we have something that, that we've kept secret that can neuter. I don't know what it would be. I don't know how it would be possible, but we do have a neuter a neutering defense net. I think it's much more believable that we figured out that the Russians have sabotaged their own bombs. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Occam's razor would be that they sabotaged their own shit and that we funneled our own SDI money into our own penthouses instead of some hyper high level chest no fuck that no see they just they grift too much you know they get high in their own supply we know <laughs> we know not exactly. to we really are just fucking drug dealers but at another at just a national level god damn it yeah god damn it god damn it i feel i feel like the part the part at the, at the end of this video where andy asked me it's like this you know your story doesn't seem to hold humanity in very high regard. 
And I just said, yeah, it doesn't. No, it's anything else. It's called reality. It's called reality. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. Our, our world peace is predicated upon thermonuclear Armageddon. Yeah. Our world peace is predicated upon if we don't have it, we have hell. If, if you try to blow us up, we'll blow you up better. There's something so beautiful about them, that most childish lesson to do unto others as you want to have done to you is applied at the level of hypersonic orbital thermonuclear warheads. What you want to have done to you, you should do to others. And I like the way you just called both the Buddha and Jesus Christ childish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here at TPC, our arrogance knows no bound. I meant childish in terms of the, like one of the first things you learn yeah, as a child to be able to figure this out. Yeah, sure, sure. But I mean, really, right? It's the most basic. You know, what goes around comes around. It applies from like kindergarten all the way up to like reentry vehicles. <laughs> Do unto others until we find out Putin doesn't have any, and then we're just like, then we just put on the brass knuckles. <laughs> okay, March twentieth, twenty twenty. Roger and I call it China and America. No, China will go in and take Russia, and we'll be fun. We'll be arming China. That happens before this year ends. We won't have to arm China. They're they're fine. They're fine. They're the second biggest spender. Yeah. And I think I think there will be an internal coup against Putin. That's not really a hot take, but I I I feel like I feel like we're going to be seeing some like Saddam video of Putin by the end of the year. I would not be surprised at all. I mean, seriously, though, I'm not. I'm not I'd, I'd be surprised if we don't. I think that happens before before 2023. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think Putin has the uh, self knowledge uh, to actually just resign and walk away from it at this point. I think he's too invested in it. You know, uh, I the you know he 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 is alienating and. Uh, pissing off so many people that uh, despite the risk to them, it seems like eventually, if, 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 it, if it isn't successful, there's going to be, at the very least, an unsuccessful push against him like there was against Hitler. Yeah. And, and it won't be hidden. It'll be, it'll be messily public because people oh, yeah. will want to make an example Yeah, like Hitler did. You know, because Putin is turning into Hitler Jr. right in front of our eyes. If Putin just, if Putin grew the toothbrush mustache, I would, I would kind of laugh. <laughs> I would kind of laugh if he just leaned a little bit into it. You know, I did see one thing, and it's, I guess, on less of a joking note, and you can kind of take it in your own way. But I did see something. You know, somebody tweeted and said, "You may not like this thought right now, but." You should probably pray for Vladimir Putin, and I and I was like, I mean, you're kind of right. It's not good. That's not to make light of him. Just like you should probably pray for Hitler or Mao or Bin Laden. But I did see that, and it was like a little sliver of like, you probably don't want to even think about this, but you should probably. And I don't like that. I mean, I'd much rather like a bomb, but. I don't know. Maybe on somewhat of a human note. I will hope that he has a quick, painless death. Yeah. Than a messy, protracted one like Kasuskiu had. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's like what Mark Twain said. He was like, "I pray for the devil." 
Because who in their right mind has ever prayed for he who needs it the most? Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean pray and that he's absolved and he gets to go hang out and you know on a sunny island. I think he's kind of done some unforgivable shit in the last couple of weeks, but yeah, or not. I don't give a fuck. We're trying to get invade Siberia. Fuck if I know. It's Roger and Tommy. There's no logic here. I don't know why I tried to be serious for a second. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. Nuke the Seychelles. Let's throw everybody. If Biden carpet bombs Toronto, I'll campaign for him in 2024. You want to pay Putin? You want to go madman? I just took out the CN Tower. I will fucking. If, if Biden starts bombing Canada, I'll be on that campaign tomorrow. I'll be like, true madman theory. This guy has the balls Trump never had. Okay, Roger. And, uh,. On the versatility of this podcast, I'm now going to go from talking with Roger about how China needs to take Siberia to I'm now going to interview a man running for Congress who worked for the NSA for 20 years. So it's uh, I try to keep try to keep my guests compartmentalized because if they all found out about each other, much like a man with multiple wives, I would probably be killed. (laughs) That you you had that you went on that guy's podcast to run for Congress. Have you seen him and Roger? Him and he and Roger's think tank. Jesus fucking Christ. Roger, we'll resume next week. Everybody get the book. Fuck Russia. Hope the nukes don't work. Shout out to those oligarchs who unwittingly got their own nuts on. Your Italian marble yacht bathroom floor. You don't know it, but you saved the world. <laughs> you you beautiful Russian bastards. All right, I actually got to run. Roger, till next time, man. See ya. Peace. Godspeed, everybody. Take care.